So this is the second of my summer series where I'm sharing five top tips. Last week it was presentation tips, this week it's sales tips, next week it's sales pitch tips. Welcome everybody, my name is Trevor Lee and this is the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast, episode 228. So this is going out on August the 8th and it's the middle of our three little summer series where I'm sharing five top tips. So in last week's episode, it was about five tips that will help you deliver better and more successful presentations. Today, I'm going to be sharing five top sales tips. And these tips apply whatever the size of your business is, whatever sort of level you you are at in sales, whether you're a salesperson themselves or whether you have to do sales because you're a small business and you don't have a specific salesperson. And then next week, August the 15th, it'll be five top sales pitch tips. You know, when you're doing a pitch or a demo or anything like that. Now, if you want to, you know, get more help, of course, with your presentations or with your sales, then the easiest way to do is to to go onto my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk, and look on there and you'll find lots of links where I'm talking about doing a, a, you know, a short Zoom call with you. A 15-minute Zoom call because I really think it's important before you hire anybody to help you with sales or presentations or if you want to do what, whether that's one-to-one coaching or sales training or presentation training for your team, it's really important that you get the right person to do that. And I may be the right person for you. I may not be. And one of the ways to find that out is to do a Zoom call. So no obligation, no fee Zoom call, 15, 20 minutes. Book the link. You can then, you know, book that book that uh, Zoom call with me and then we can discuss what you need, what you're looking for from that training or that one-to-one coaching. And then you can make a decision as to whether you think I'm the person who can deliver it for you and your team. So do that, okay? And uh, because, you know, we're coming towards the autumn and the autumn is traditionally a great time to, you know, to really make the most of your business, to really make things happen in the lead up to Christmas. And then we're going into 2023, believe it or not. Crikey, where does that time go? So book that Zoom call with me and let's have a conversation and let's see how I can help you make more of your presentations, make more of your sales pitches, make more of your general day-to-day sales interactions. Right, let's talk about those five top sales tips. Right, number one, The best way of describing this is a kind of mindset thing. So I think there are two things to think about here. Number one, helping, not selling. And number two, listening, not talking. And you know, haven't we moved away largely in the business business sector and the business to business sector from, you know, having people who do sales, whether that's salespeople or people who've got to create sales for their business, where they think, oh, yeah, the best way to create a sales, Trevor, is to just talk endlessly at the potential customer. You know, as long as I keep talking, they will eventually say yes. Well, you know, crikey, if you're still using those tactics, then you need to think again. So think about, get yourself in the mindset that you're there to help rather than sell. So, I, you know, you're helping someone achieve their goals. You're not selling them your product or service. And if you've got that mindset, that will make a, such a big, big difference to the outcomes that you have for sales. Because if, you, if your mindset is all about thinking it's got to be a sale, I've got to get a sale, I've got to get a sale, the customer's going to realise that you're only interested in making a sale as well. They're thinking, yeah, not really interested in me, they just want another sale. And that's going to deter them from thinking about working with you. And it's the same about listening, not talking. 
If you think that the best way to create sales is to talk endlessly, you are wrong. So the best way now is, of course, is to ask really great questions. Questions where the customer or the potential customer, through their answer, will basically tell you that they're interested in your product or service. And of course, the key to questions is listening carefully to the answer, not working and thinking, right, okay, I've asked a question, right, uh, what am I going to ask next? And you're not listening to the answer because customers give clues, as someone said on my podcast recently. So, you know, listen carefully to the answers. But it's all about that mindset. So helping, not selling, listening, not talking. Right, number two. It's a very simple one. It's something I bang on about all the time. Help the customer to buy. Make it easy to buy your products and services. Do you know how easy it is to buy from you? Have you tried buying from yourself or your own company? Well, just spend some time stepping back and thinking what it's like to be a customer or a potential customer, more importantly. So I found you. You know, I've, 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 I've Googled a problem I've got. You've come up. OK, so what happens next? Is it easy to understand what your offer is? Is it easy to make contact with you? You know, if you're if you're asking people to have a meeting with you, are you still, you know, putting on your website a contact form? So if you'd like to talk to us more about the problem we're going to solve for you, fill in this form, you know, and then we'll fix up a demo. Oh, come on. You know, and if you don't know how to use Calendly or something similar, go on my website and book <laughs> book that 15 to 20 minute call with me and you'll just see how easy it is to make that happen. So, you know, things like contact forms, things like where's, you know, you, you've got a phone number on your website, but then no one answers the phone. So, you know, there are going to be barriers Every business is putting up barriers, often that they don't know about, which prevent them doing sales. So have a really good, thorough look at your activity and ask yourself the question, how easy is it to buy from us? Because I think you might be surprised. If you think, oh yeah, Trevor, it's dead easy, dead easy, really easy. Well, have a look, because you might find some things that will surprise you. And the other thing, you know, helping your customers to buy, that applies to Call in existing customers. If you listen to the Alex Goldfein episode from a few months ago, Alex was talking about calling your current customers. You know, don't ignore them. Don't wait for something to go wrong before you call them because they're buying from you, which means they trust you, which presumably means they like you and the product or service works for them. So there's a chances are you've got something else they'd be interested in. But if you don't make that call, you don't have those conversations, you're never going to know. And make a call, not an email. Okay, don't send them a bloody email, all right? We get so many emails, don't we? We've got to stop sending, thinking that email is a great sales tool. It doesn't really work. You get lucky with an email, but make a call and all that sort of stuff. So number two, help the customer to buy. Right, number three, and this is when you're having sales interactions or conversations. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get what we call mini commitments, and this is basically when people, you know, you're talking to customers, potential customers are saying yes at various points during the conversation. And this is a skill in itself. And you need to be good and practice at doing this and learn from every time you have an interaction. But what I mean by a mini commitment is the way to, well, the way to get a mini commitment is to clarify things. So you might say, uh, OK, Susan, so am I right in thinking that you are thinking that this might be something that you could envisage using in your company? You're talking about products or service. And they say, yes, I think I could see that, Trevor. Do you think, you know, are you envisaging that you're, you know, when you go back to your team, what do you think that they will, they will like the idea of this? Yes, I think they will. So you're getting that. They're not saying, yes, I'm going to buy the whole thing here and now. 
But what they are doing is they're giving you that mini commitment. They're saying yes. And the more times someone says yes during your sales interaction or conversation, the more likely they are then to say yes to the whole big idea at the end of it. So again, you've got to be skilled in this. And one of the, as I say, one of the ways to do it is to continually clarify what you think you've heard. So many times in sales, we, get, we lose the sale or it goes missing because we've misunderstood or we've assumed something that you know we've heard that isn't true or is wrong. And we've followed that through. And therefore, we've not clarified that we've actually, you know, what the customer is actually asking us for, what the problem they have actually got is. Okay, so be good at clarifying. And I would say, you know, the way I might do this is, all right, okay, so just so I understand and just so I've got this right, are you saying that? And then they'll say yes or no. And if they say no, say, okay, no, no, you've got that wrong, Trevor. So what I'm really asking you for is, but the problem I've really got is, okay, if it's yes, great. Okay, if it's no, you're still back on track. But if you don't ask those clarification questions or those make those statements, you could end up, you know, thinking at the end of the call, oh, that's great. I mean, how many times does this happen? You've had, had a sales interaction conversation, you think you've done a presentation or a demo pitch, whatever it is. And you think, yeah, great. They're really interested. And then you never hear from them again. And it's because usually, actually, what you thought they wanted is not what they think they need. <laughs> so get it right. Right. Number four is have a clear, agreed follow up plan. You know, sales is all about momentum. So you can have that sales conversation, that interaction, that presentation going on, whatever it is. And yeah, you're picking up great positive vibes and all that stuff. But as soon as it's over and as soon as you stop the call or leave the room or end the Zoom, whatever it is, momentum starts to shift because, you know, your potential client has then got something else to do. They've got, you know, they're looking at their emails. They've got another pitch coming their way. They're off to see somebody themselves. And every moment that passes after you finish your interaction is an opportunity for the momentum that they created, that you thought they had to buy in your product or service. It starts to diminish. So it's really important that you have an agreed follow-up plan. Because if you say something like, well, I'll tell you what, John, that's great. I'll, tell you, I'll give you a call next week and we can discuss it further. Is that okay? And they say, yeah, yeah, that's fine, Trevor. And then you call next week and you can never get through. Or you say, worse, you say, oh, I'll drop you an email next week just to see how, what you're thinking and how you're getting on. And they never reply to your email. <laughs> okay, so you've got to make this happen. So the thing to do is to agree it while they're there, while you're still talking to them. Always assume that if you're on a Zoom call or a phone call or you're live with them in person, work on the basis you'll never, that'll never happen again. You'll never have that call. You'll never have that Zoom. You'll never have that in person. You'll never be able to get hold of them. So get everything lined up as best you can. Okay, so really nail down when you're going to do next. So get your diary out and say, okay, look, why don't we uh, call again? Why can I call you next week? Let me book a call and I'll send you a diary link for the call. Or you get the Zoom call and you send a diary link. So you make it very, very precise what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And of course, you know, within all this, chances are you'll send out a sales proposal. Now, if any of you listen to Ruben Schwartz on this podcast a few, well, probably a couple of months ago now, you'll know that Ruben had this great plan for sales proposals. So when you've written your sales proposal, okay, print it out. Okay, yeah, yeah, print it, you know, printing, you know, it's okay. And then just go through it with three highlighters. Or you can, you know, you can do this on screen probably as well. But the key is to highlight everything in green in your proposal that's about the client, everything in red that's about you, and everything in yellow that's confusing or might be jargony. 
Now, you all know, if you listen to the five top tips on presentation skills, on, on doing presentations for the previous episode, number 227, I started off by saying, you know, start your presentation with them, not you. And the same applies to your sales proposal. If you start off, as a lot of people do, sending out a sales proposal, which is all about you for the first 38 pages, God, that's going to really get me interested, isn't it? I'm shifting through. I just want to know what you're suggesting my investment's going to be and what actually you're thinking the outcome will be. I'm not interested in anything else. I know all about you. That's why I got you to write a proposal to me in the first place. So come on, let's get some momentum in our proposals. Let's make this happen better. So have a, agree, have a clear agreed follow-up plan. And when you do follow up your proposal, add some more value. Don't just say, oh, did you get my proposal? Have you read it yet? What do you think? All right, add some more value. I've been thinking about the proposal I sent you and I've got a little tweak to it, which I think will be a benefit to you. And here it is. And here's a top tip for you. Send a video proposal alongside your written one. Okay, I do this. So if anybody comes to me and says, Trevor, I'd like you to do a presentation session for my team or a sales session for my team. You know, we talk about it. We have the 15 minute, 20 minute Zoom call. We uh, I nail down exactly what they think they want. And then I agree. I say, right, I'll put that all so you've got it in writing so you can, you know, see it and all that sort of stuff. And this is when I'm going to send it to you. But what I also send with it is a video proposal. So 10 minutes. I explain the proposal in, in a video format, which is a voiceover slides video effectively. But you, I use a product called ScreenFlow, which is for Macs, but you can get them for PC. You kind of record a mini proposal. And I've got a few slides, but again, my slides won't have loads of words on, but they're a prompt. And there's me in the corner. You can see me as well. And then I send it to them with a link. I, I put it on my Vimeo account, which is the one I use for the business to business transactions or proposals with a password. So they get a little link and I say, right, press the button on this and you'll get an eight to 10 minute summary on video of what I'm suggesting. But more importantly, you'll get a feel for my style. OK, now I might not have had that Zoom call with them. I might just have had a, a telephone call with them. Um, they might just have asked me to, you know, might just have emailed me and asked me to send the, you know, proposal through. And, you know, we've had a kind of email interaction. But the video proposal means they can see me, they can get a real feel for me. And I say, have a look at the video, because that's the style I'll do the training in. Now, if that style works for your team, I'm your man. If it's not, go and find somebody else. All right. Never be afraid also to suggest you're not the person for them or your product's not the person thing for them or your service isn't the thing for them. Because it's amazing when you kind of shift the psychology of buying because you're almost saying, you know, I'll make the decision for you because I don't think I'm the right person. And they say, oh, no, no, you are, Trevor. I think, you, I think you'll be great, you know. <laughs> so think about that as well. Right, number five, simply this, respond quickly. Now, Nicholas Vandenberg came on this podcast, oh, goodness me, 18 months ago probably now. And he's got a business called Chili Piper in New York and they specialise in helping uh businesses make sure they get their response levels right. They don't miss opportunities. Now, we know, we know, don't we? And you see it everywhere. That according to, you know, all these stats everywhere, and I haven't got a precise thing for the research on this, but you see it everywhere. Allegedly, in the business-to-business -business sector, 70% of decisions are being made before there's any direct contact with the company. So I've got a problem. I need some help in the B2B sector. I do my research or somebody does my research for me. We find all the great stuff that we need and then I make contact with you because you're the company I've identified or the person I've identified to solve that problem for me. 
I had exactly this recently. A guy from, uh, from Florida, and he wanted help with some presentations. And uh, he contacted me. We had a Zoom call. We now did some work together. And I said, you know, how did you find me and all that? He said, well, Trevor, I, I came across a, an article you'd written on LinkedIn about presenting. And I looked you up and all that stuff, and I decided you were the person. So there we go. It is true. You know, he'd already made it. He wasn't talking to anybody else in this particular case. But the key for me was responding quickly. So as soon as he made contact with me, I was onto it. I didn't wait a week or a day even. You know, I was onto it. And you must be onto it as well. Because Nicholas Vandenberg's Chili Piper guys found that 78% of the people who respond first get the business. So let's imagine that, you know, someone wants a new website. So they've identified three or four web designers. You're one of those. Okay, you get the same email or contact as everybody else. You're the first one who responds back. Your chances of winning the business have just escalated above everybody else. So you have to be alert to the fact that people want to buy your product or service and you need to respond quickly. And I'm always continually amazed by how long it takes people to respond to incoming inquiries. They think, oh, it's just an inquiry. It's not. If you're in the B2B sector, it's a good chance they've already thought seven out of ten of them that they are going to work with you. But if you don't respond quickly or efficiently or in a timely way or the way they expect you to respond, you're going to go from thinking, you know, getting the, you are that close to the business, suddenly you're not going to get it at all. Right, let's have a quick review. So those five top sales tips for you. Number one is that mindset. It's helping, not selling. It's listening, not talking. Number two is help the customer to buy. Review how e- and ask yourself, is it easy? How or rather, how easy is it to buy from my business? Check for sales barriers. Try and get rid of them. Number three, when you're having the conversation, get the client to be saying yes. The mini commitments. Do that clarification. Number four, have agree, you know, agree a follow-up plan. And then think about adding a video proposal to your normal written proposal. And number five, respond quickly. Because people have identified that you're the, you're the business, the person they want to work with. If you don't respond quickly, then they, you know, they will think you're not interested. They'll move on to someone else. Right, there we go. Now, you can apply those five top sales tips to any level of business. Whether you're a one-person business and you've got to do sales yourself. Or whether you're a massive corporate global conglomerate with thousands of people in your sales team. It doesn't really matter. Now, if you want some help or further help with your sales or indeed you're presenting, then let's have that Zoom call. And you can also test out Calendly if you're not using it. If you've still got a contact form, then, you know, use my Calendly as an example. You know, just, just do that. Just use book a little meeting with me just to see how it works and you see how efficient it is. We can have a discussion then and I can talk to you about one-to-one or indeed, you know, group training sessions. We do largely do them all on Zoom do them in short we don't do a half day on zoom or anything like that it's, oh, it's just too tedious all right we do one at 90 minutes we do 60 minutes and we we'll do two three or four sessions over a short period of time or shortest period of time usually a week apart which means that by the end of three or four weeks the message is embedded the skills are there they're not just you know uh, you get learn them in half a day and by the next week you're forgotten right let's do that um If you like the podcast, then please do share it. Please do comment on it. Please do leave a review. That would be fantastic. And I'll see you next week for part three, the final part of my summer series. And that will be five top tips to help you make the more of the sales pitches and demos that you're doing. All right. Thanks for listening. See you then.